Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay, slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real-world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest, building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it. Find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Business Growth Show. Today, you are in for a treat. We are featuring one of our most esteemed community members in the Mindshare Collaborative community, Margaret Floyd Berry, who has built an amazing community of training practitioners. Yes, she has the Restored Wellness Practitioner Training, where she is helping individuals who are passionate about nutrition and root cause medicine and gut healing and using food as medicine, she knows she's got the secret sauce to build that community and to build the courses and to be able to serve practitioners. So please, I want you to buckle up. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Introducing Margaret Floyd Berry. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Business Growth Podcast with me, one of the hosts, Lauren Powers. So excited to have this beautiful darling next to me, Margaret Floyd Berry, who is the owner and executive director of Restored Wellness Solutions, an amazing practitioner training program for folks that want to heal through nutrition and cleaning up their diet and fixing their hormones and all that stuff. So welcome, Margaret. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be here. Well, we are happy to have you. So in here, in this collaborative, we have some folks who sell to customers who are patients. And then we have others who have gotten to a certain part of their business where they're ready to train other people on their methods. And so you've got this awesome practitioner training with multiple levels. A lot of people say they want to do practitioner training, but they ready. Like, you've been in this space for a while. Like, what's this beautiful roadmap been like for you? There's so many pieces to this that you don't think about going in. It's one thing to do the training. 
That's one piece. And that's not mm-hmm. an easy piece because it's different from training someone who is a consumer on sort of a basic concept. You are training a practitioner and you have to think through all the different permutations because we all know a client comes to you, a patient comes to you, mm-hmm. you are helping them. It's not a straightforward if this, then that, right? So you have to be thinking through nuances. You have to be thinking, you have to unpack your own methodology mm-hmm. and all of these different aspects to actually create the curriculum. That's one piece of it. And actually, we've got some great educators. Sure. The piece that I think a lot of people don't think about is what happens on the other side, especially if you run a certification program. Okay. Your name is running around out there, right? Mm. Like this is your brand. And if you have practitioners who have been trained by you who are now out there, they really represent Represent you. you. Mm -hmm. So this is the piece is you have to think beyond just the training Mm -hmm. to how do you actually know that they have learned what they need to learn, Mm -hmm. that they are implementing it and applying it in a way that is in alignment and in integrity with what you have trained them in. And that's not to say that they have to become clones of you, but it does mean that there's a certain level of quality that you're thinking about. There's a certain level of professionalism. There's certain, you know, depending on your methodology, there might be some things that you really do focus on and other things that you really don't. And if they're going sort of wildly against that, but also using your designation, that reflects on you. Sure. That's a piece to be thinking about that I think very few think of and needs a lot of consideration and a lot of thought. I mean, we can barely control ourselves, right? (laughs) Right. Let alone the other people. But I think that's a really important thing is now you are spreading your brand. How do you ensure the quality of that is maintained? And I think it's one thing to just say you want to do a course, you know, and just just say you want to do a curriculum. Because I know you know how to design courses. You know exactly what that user experience should look and feel like. So at the bare basics, I wake up and I say, I want to do a curriculum of some sort. What are like some of the key components that, you know, have to be present for you to be able to sell a four-figure, five-figure plus type of (laughs) curriculum? Well, first of all, you need to be really needing a need. I mean, just think about it right from just like we would with our clients or patients, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have to be solving one of their problems. So you need to get into the mind of those practitioners. If you come at it from the perspective of I've got this incredible methodology Mm -hmm. and I just want to spread the word, that's a piece of it. But what pain point are you solving for them? So you have to be really clear on that and you design your curriculum from that perspective as opposed to just sharing the methodology. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that differentiates the programs that succeed from the programs that just sort of get out there and then chug along and aren't successful. So we're so intimately connected with our avatar. We've got a name for her, Faith. (laughs) You told told me about Faith. I told you about Faith, right? Like, I know Faith so well. And every decision that we make as a business is about how can we serve Faith, Mm -hmm. right? And so you really need to be starting from that perspective, I think, as opposed to just, I've got a really cool methodology. Other people need this. You think about where are those clinicians stuck and how is your methodology going to help them get unstuck and start getting Mm -hmm. results that they don't get currently in their practice that maybe opens up a line of revenue for them that they don't have. Like, what is the benefit? That classic Joe Polish, what's in it for them? Sure. Start with that, absolutely and for sure. Next, you need to think about what is the infrastructure? Like, how are you going to actually train them? And who are you going to train? So what level of education do Mm -hmm. they have Mm -hmm. coming in? Oh, that's a big one. It's a really big one because it's a very different thing taking somebody who is, for example, making a career shift 
and you're taking them from the beginning yep. of their journey in the health space to somebody who is already a trained yep. practitioner. And then what kind of trained practitioners, what training do they have? What background? If you're not starting them from the beginning, mm -hmm. then how do you make sure that they have enough that they can start at your beginning and that they have the expertise? Absolutely. That's something that we have done and we actually continue to grapple with that, mm -hmm. right? Like we only train formally trained health professionals, yep, yep. nutrition professionals, licensed health professionals. I mean, we do have, you know, doctors, nurses, chiropractors, mm -hmm. acupuncturists. We don't, for example, work with health coaches. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, we don't. And the reason is they just don't have our training. It goes all very in-depth. And especially if a health coach has only done sort of one or two programs, they don't have that deeper anatomy and physiology. They don't have that. And they need to be able to work clinically like that totally. in order to be able to take our program. And we have made exceptions at times, and we've always regretted it because they really struggle. And yeah. that reflects poorly on us, and it doesn't serve them at all. So you need to know that baseline. What is the bare minimum of training someone needs to have in your program yeah. to be able to thrive? Going back to that first piece, everyone walking around with your designation represents, represents you. you. So you got to make sure that they can actually represent you well. How important, while you were kind of unpacking faith and yes. your avatar yeah. and who, who she is, and how important is the communication style? Like, for me and my business, my avatar is entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I can't do like long blog style emails. Right. I can't right, 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 do right. courses, you know, things that are two hours for them to consume. Like right. it's different communication styles based on the brain of your avatar. You bet. So like, how did you figure out, oh, you know what? These bite-sized chunks of information or this course design right. fits faith very well. And she finishes with ease, you know? So I could tell you that we really analyzed that and we're super intentional about it. But what's the truth is that we were very just like touch and go and try things out and iterate based on the response of the students is the okay. honest answer. We really built this course. I mean, my, my former business partner, Ann Fisher Silva, was yeah. the founder of the course. And she really built the training program that she wished she had. I was in many ways representative of the avatar, someone in clinical practice doing good work but not knock it out of the park work. And I wanted mm -hmm. to do knock it out of the park work. And mm -hmm. I was feeling frustrated and feeling like those clients that I couldn't help, but that I desperately wanted to help. I just felt like referring them out felt frustrating and sort of defeated. So, sure. so I was her. So we built it with her in mind, but thinking through, you know, for us, it was less bite-sized and particularly considering we are training nutrition professionals to use very advanced tools. We're teaching them how to work with labs. Yeah. Not to diagnose or treat. So we have to be very careful with all of the language, making sure that none of it is diagnostic, none of it is out of the scope of practice. Mm -hmm. It's really using it to reveal hidden imbalances or hidden blocking factors mm -hmm. that we can address with our tools as nutritionists. Dietary changes, yeah. protocols, and lifestyle interventions. So we really came at it from like we have to be very thoughtful regarding the outcome of having nutrition professionals working with these tools sure. in a thoughtful, appropriate manner. I would say we geared our communications to that end, along with thinking about different learning styles. So over the years, we've really tried to amend our materials such that there's something for everyone. We have a lot of practical application in our classes. Every yeah. course that we have, you do a really big case study at the end of the class. So basically taking everything that you have learned and what does this look like if we give you, you know, a client history, you give in their labs, how do you actually think through it so that 
that's almost like the kinesthetic example, sure. right? They're learning through doing. Sure. So that that's more the filter of it that we came through rather than thinking about communication style for that avatar. You're in this business to make money, obviously. Yes. You're an entrepreneur. You're yeah. a business owner. What are you doing in your programs to keep seeding the next thing so you can have more practitioners and you can keep them in your ecosystem? You probably have a graduate program, you know, the alum program. I'm curious on how you've evolved this business to yeah. keep people in your world, to keep right. them wanting more. Like, again, it goes well beyond just making a course. A hundred percent. This is your actual like business yeah. structure. So I'm curious, like, what do you do to just keep people in? First and foremost, our program is in multiple levels. Yeah. And it's, three levels. it's four levels. And, okay. it's, and it would take somebody two years to go through all four. So mm -hmm. there's a continuity right there. And what we've found is that the courses, each one of them are re they're really intense, right? So what will happen is someone will do one level They'll really learn those skills. They'll apply them in their practice. They work with them for a while. And then maybe like a year later, they come back and do the next level, right? Mm -hmm. And then they work with those. So it can be something, some of it is just in the nature of the fact that it's a longer journey mm -hmm. from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So that that's a piece of it. We haven't yet launched it. We're about to launch in the next three months. We're mm -hmm. launching a membership program, which a lot of the things so for you guys. We really wanted to get that core curriculum nailed right, and really solidified in the teaching and the launch cycles. That core business, we wanted to have it really solidified before we started to do anything else. We provide a lot of resources in between sure. that are just free to continue engagement. So, for example, we have our RWS Clinicians Corner, which every other week we're bringing in a thought leader. Oh, my God, I'm going to be here. Fantastic group. Oh, it's such a great group, <laughs> and we give such a great interview. And what we do is we just do deep dives on topics that are of interest to our community. Yeah. And so our community gets invited once they're an alumni, just gets invited to come be part of the live interview so that they can mm -hmm. interact with the person that we're interviewing. We do, yeah. you know, edit those and put them on a YouTube channel for more broader consumption later. That's one thing. You know, there's there's mentoring support mm -hmm. so that if people are struggling with a client case, they can work with one of the instructors mm -hmm. and actually get one-on-one -on -one support. But we are about to roll out a membership program. And we've been, we've been sort of building over the years the list of things that we get asked for. I'm really excited to unveil it because it is literally, we've just kept this list of all of the things people have asked for and seen like, what are the things that we know we can do a really good job to yeah. deliver? What are the places where we can leverage things we're already doing that people are wanting more of? So it's yeah. not adding a huge amount of cost, but it's delivering a tremendous amount of value. Yeah. So that, that's how we have crafted it based on that. And we've waited until we had that critical mass. Mm -hmm. We had a, a false start for a couple of years. We did a membership program, but we structured it in a way that created a massive amount of work for us. <laughs> Don't you love that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just, it was new creation. Like, and you already put your foot out there, so now you have to do it. <laughs> right? And for every month, and it was it was priced so low, and then we'd still get pushed back. I mean, it was just, it didn't work. Yeah, you so figured it out. we got a different model now that we're coming out with. So No, that's but awesome. You, I think it's a really good point, because I think folks think, you have your course. Right. You have certified them, and now what? I actually want to mention one thing that's mm -hmm. a, it's related to that, but... If someone is going to walk around with your designation, one of the things you want to be thinking about is how do you make sure they're staying up to speed with what you're doing? So we think about continuing education. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. big deal, right? We've also gone through many iterations trying to mm -hmm. figure out what works. One of the things that we do, which is definitely 
I would say, controversial. We're always updating our curriculum. I don't think that Why part's is that controversial. controversial. No, not that part's not controversial. We give our alumni, all of our alumni access to those upgrades. I mean, but it it's does. sticky. It's, it's sticky. It yeah. can, and what we've done is we've attached their CEUs to those updates. So if we're going to give them to you. And they're you, viewing it. Then this means yeah. that you need to go in and we actually quiz them on it. Okay. So their CEU process, rather than going out, because what we found is they were going out to all these different courses. We don't worry. Some of them we know, some of them we don't. And we're like, so oh, you had to make your own, was, right? Well, it was just this huge amount of work tracking other things when it's like, well, here, we're giving you these mm -hmm. updates. So what we're going to do, we know that you're long learners. We know that you're the people who are going to be investing in yourself in all these other courses, but we want to make sure that you're staying up to date with mm -hmm. our methodologies mm -hmm. that we have trained you in. So we're going to actually share those updates, but now we're going to make sure you actually understand them. And yeah. if you don't, then you lose the designation. Thank it you. protects your brand. It's super totally. smart. You're creating more evangelists of the protocols and the program and keep, and it's sticky. Just kind of staying in that, in that area, how do you set yourself apart? Because, you know, I go to events and conferences and the practitioner trainings are on the rise, it seems. Yes. Yeah. So how have you built and continue to build RWS to stand apart? You like, bet. you know, with niching, with your avatar, like what makes you different? You bet. I have a couple of very, very intentional pieces. Mm -hmm. So number one is we have a deep focus on clinical application. We'll give you the research. Everything is backed by, you know, science and years and years of practice. Nice. But it's not just theory. We don't mm -hmm. teach anything theoretical. Every single thing we teach is deeply practical. And that's different from a lot of programs. Sure. A lot of them are sort of more conceptual, mm -hmm. more theoretical. Here's the research. Here's these ideas. And then, I mean, we've had people who are graduates from those programs come to us and be like, what do I do when someone's sick and in my office? You know, so that's <laughs> the piece that we're really focusing on is the clinical piece. Okay. The second piece that we do is it is not a DIY watch a video while you're folding the laundry. Okay, program. so I need to be at, at my desk. Like You need to be all in, <laughs> which is going to filter out some people, right? Like they For just sure. want the webinar that's playing in the background while they do the dishes. That is not our program. Yeah. It's not a pro I don't believe that's where you learn. I believe that you learn when you are really immersed, when you are challenged. So we have structured the classes. It's all cohort model. It's not mm -hmm. evergreen. There's a beginning and an end. And if you don't do all of the work and pass the class, you lose it. Like you lose access. You only get that access and then you get it forever. Once you have actually really understood mm -hmm. the materials, proven that to us and mm -hmm. have passed in the class and received the certification. So I think we have a really high completion rate. Good. Like 96% or something. Oh, awesome. like I mean, it's just, it's quite unheard of in terms of online training. So sure. I paced such that it is intense, but not undoable and not so long that people lose momentum. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's paced very intentionally and there's commitments and work that needs to yeah. be done every week. But then it's only three months. And really, the vast majority of that work takes place in 10 weeks. Okay. So it's, it's a sprint. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's a doable sprint. Like we think about the 90 days we're always talking about here. Yeah. Point share. So you can it get something done within that model. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so that's a really important piece in terms of them actually completing the course. And then throughout that time, there is a ton of hands on support. Okay. This is not something where they're just sort of given the materials and like live. we're giving them live support. lots of live support we have weekly webinars where we're giving additional case studies we're answering questions live we actually do these group office hours in addition to the live webinars where it's just a place much less formal where there's an instructor who's hanging out on zoom and people come in and just ask their questions mm -hmm. we have our you know interactive forum there's many different touch points 
mm-hmm. for the people going through the program. We actually recently went through an exercise. We did a jumpstart version, something we've never done before. It was just kind yeah. of a little baby version, the first three modules and a very, very yeah. scaled down. What was really fascinating about this is we listed out line by line all the pieces of the course and like what would the jump starters get versus everything else. And when we listed out the everything else, I mean, our jaws dropped. A, why have we not been marketing this more prominently? <laughs> like, ah, oh, I've been sitting on this for this long. Right. So <laughs> next cycle. Right. Front and center. But secondly, just wow, look at what we are doing. Look at what look you're at building. How we're supporting. You know, we do this with a deep, deep passion. For the clinicians we're training, but honestly, not even for them. It's for their clients. It's that ripple effect. Like we are so aware of the lives that they're going to change that we're just on a mission to equip them with these tools to transform those lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we're very driven by that bigger mission. And the instructor team, they're so on board with this. Mm-hmm. They just go above and beyond all the time. And I think those are some of the key ingredients that people feel yeah. that. They believe in their work too. Attention. All of that you just said, I'm just thinking, oh, gosh, what's the big 10-year plan for RWS? But I don't want to ask that just yet. I'm curious on how you measure success. Because you have a couple of different, you have many different KPIs here. You have practitioner satisfaction. You bet. Their completion rate of the course. Yeah. Their income that they are able to generate now that they're RWS trained. Yeah. The results. Like, it's a spider web of KPIs here. So how do you measure in a practitioner training course? How do you measure success? Well, exactly as you said, we're looking at multiple variables all the yeah. time, right? We're looking at pass rates. We're looking, we do a lot of feedback. We do intake questionnaires for every class. Okay. We do exit surveys for every single class. We read those. I know. Maybe for with a glass of wine. Like, it, it, it takes a minute, right? Because you get the great feedback and then that one, like, glaring criticism is just like, oh, <laughs> I know. We hate, I need a minute. We ask for it, but we, like, secretly hate right. all of it. But we need it, But though. we take it very we seriously. It. We're, this is how we are constantly evolving the program is based sure. on that feedback. So we take that incredibly seriously in terms of the student experience. Because we are able to see who's engaged in terms of the continuing education, we see, yeah. like, what's the percentage of our alumni who is continuing to engage with the curriculum mm-hmm. and stay up to date. That's a really important KPI for us. Nice. It's a little difficult to tell in terms of the actual, you know, beyond sort of anecdotal, how mm-hmm. much, you know, different people are making. We do survey that. In fact, we just, this is actually hot off the press. We yeah. haven't even announced this yet, Big but I number. will announce it here. Well, we just did a state of the industry report. And it wasn't just our practitioners, but it was our practitioners. We collaborated with NANP, the National Association of Nutrition Professionals, Mm -hmm. and FX Nutrition. Nice. All of their alumni and all of their databases. And so we pulled all of them looking at where are those pain points? How much income are people working with? What are their niches? What are their main marketing strategies? Mm -hmm. Who do they listen to? Mm -hmm. But not really fascinating information that came out of that. That is going to help inform all of us in terms of how we deliver services, as well as each other as practitioners, understanding where are those pain points. One of the key things that we saw out of that, which I found fascinating, is there's these two bulges. You have the population of practitioners who have graduated and have been practicing for sort of one to three years. Okay. And then you have the population of those who've been practicing much longer and who are crushing it, multiple six-figure practice. And there's this gaping void in between the two. <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of so like... either you're making a lot. <laughs> it's like either you're going for it and then getting frustrated and quitting yeah or the people who stick with it are crushing it yeah and so now it's all about how do we fill in that gap 
Yeah. A person. What curriculum or? Well, curriculum, business training. I mean, I'll share with you a big personal mission of mine mm-hmm. is to create more job opportunities for these practitioners yeah. because they are amazing clinicians, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily business loving people. the business side yeah. of it. And right now there aren't many opportunities like that. So that's a big focus for me. You mm-hmm. ask about the 10-year vision. That for me, was, that's yeah. a huge piece of it is creating a career path so that you know that coming into our training program, what that does is qualify you. Yeah. for all sorts of different opportunities as opposed to good luck, go practice. Rather, here's a directory of professionals that you can go to at any point mm-hmm. to, you know, add value to your practice exactly. if you want it. Which we do have. I'm doing a lot of matchmaking, doing a lot of that, but I'm trying to streamline it more and okay. create more sort of systems and a whole program around it. So this is all such good stuff. We're getting close. I just have, I have one yeah. more question. It's okay. a bigger question. What have you seen kind of this health business ascension for a practitioner training? Can someone blow it up in six months saying, I have the idea, I want to train practitioners, I want to develop a course, I want to start selling it, I want to fill it with 100 people. Like, is it a five-year thing? At what point do you add on extra income streams? Like, it's very unique. It is unique. It takes time. Yeah. A, there are far fewer practitioners than consumers. This is right? true. So your market is necessarily, I mean, it's very niche. So that's yeah. a great thing. Like our niche is clear and straightforward. Yeah. But it's small. Mm-hmm. So necessarily certain things, I mean, you think about just something like Facebook ads, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Cost per lead acquisition, mm-hmm. way higher. Way higher. Way higher yeah. than if you're going direct to consumer. Right. It does take more time. And I think learning to be really patient with the process and recognizing that you will build that. I mean, our first classes, if we got over 20 people, we were really excited. Mm-hmm. You know, and now our, you know, we'll Singing have a, a class song. at 120. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not all of our classes are at that by any means, but you know, like it's a totally sure. different game, but it takes time to get there. So I would certainly say play the long game in this. I wouldn't rush it. And I also wouldn't quit if after your first launch, yeah. you only have 10 people. Great learn from them, take them through that, really keep them in your ecosystem so that you understand their pain points, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and then iterate. I mean, it's this endless iteration, which applies to everything. Sometimes I think with practitioner programs, people have the illusion that they will create the program and then it will be there (laughs) and it will be an income source. Yeah, people are just going to buy it. It's just kind of a bank machine. (laughs) It's not a bank machine. It's an incredibly challenging business. So I would say only do this if you, A, love teaching and empowering other people and you are meeting a very real, measurable need. need. Yeah. And you are willing to do this for the long term because it's a little bit like building a website. The Mm -hmm. second it's live, you have uh, 10 a, more it, things it, to do and yep. it feels out of date. Yep. <laughs> right. So it's going to feel like that. And if you're okay with that and excited by that and you want to dig in and you want to figure out this business, then go for it. But it is not a just like nice little bank machine that you mm-hmm. have on the side because you've put your methodology into a course that practitioners can take and you can just sort of let it be over here. You got to nurture and water that. You. you have to oh, water you, it. It's a, it is. I mean, I had to close down my clinical practice. I, I have yeah. my like sort of 10 long-term favorite clients, but everything else I've closed down so that I can do this properly because I was trying to do both for a long time. And you really can't do both well. And you yourself are a constant learner, right? A student of your craft. Like you just said, if you don't love curriculum and teaching and that type of educating adults, I imagine is probably harder than educating children. I could just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have just, you know, kind of watched you change into this beautiful leader. What do you think needed to unlock in you to be the leader you needed to be for RWS? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that because something has shifted in me, even just within the last year, where all of this feels like, a, I want to say a fun game that feels like it diminishes it, but I've taken it, I've learned to take it far less yeah. personally. Yeah. What I've learned is that when I make decisions that are in full integrity with who I am, mm -hmm. I'm okay if they're the wrong decisions mm -hmm. because I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes. It's all learning. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe a couple of years ago, if I did the quote unquote wrong thing, I had a failure, I made a mistake. I just feel that sort of pit. Not that I don't take them. I'm not going to pretend I don't feel things. Of course I do. <laughs> but it's a different energy. It's like yeah. I can really stand behind the fact that I did my due diligence. I did the very best I could with the information I had in front of me. Sure. And I know the integrity with which I did this. Mm -hmm. And so will I learn from that and pivot next time? 100%. And yeah. I'm so confident in that. I feel really okay being like, oh, man, I screwed up there. And I will own it. I'm, I will That's own how it we get better. Yeah. It's exactly... And you're an example, too, for your own students, learning and pivoting, messing up, doing it again, taking the course again, doing the things. So. You just need to. Every single launch cycle, we tweak things, we pivot, we think, oh, my gosh, they're going to love this. We've done this. <laughs> I, 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 and then we do it. And there's a posse that's just like, oh, that's awesome. And then we get the like, oh, my gosh. I mean, in a recent one, we did a we increased our prices quite significantly. And we recognized that for some people, this was going to be a financial hardship. Sure, and so sure. we did this fast mover discount, which we were like, okay, we've got this many spots at this particular rate. And we thought that's really fair. And we weren't trying to create uh -oh. <laughs> what happened, which is people going, this is like hunger games. Oh, God. My adrenals. You know, it, was, it was so <laughs> dramatic. Not their adrenals. God, God help us. <laughs> but it was, it was really, and we got a ton of lashback. Like, you know, I've lost all respect for you as an organization that you would hit us against each other. And it was like, well, I didn't mean wow. that. It's it totally not my intention. I'll let you all in. I can only afford this many at this rate. You know, so now we're like, okay, lesson learned. What we will do is application process yeah. based on financial yeah. need for that price tier. But you learned. Still, you learned. And we'll do something differently over here. Only a couple of reasons along the way, right? Just yeah. like, you know, you learned. You it's learned. All, it's, all it's, all, it's all good. So, yeah. You're just a delight, Margaret. Your practitioners that come out of your program are truly a reflection of you. They're honest. They're kind. They care. They do. Smart, you know. So when you're saying you're building a train, a teacher training, a practitioner training, it's a mirror directly of you. And there's a your brand is walking around here. So mm -hmm. I can definitely testify and say they're doing your right. They're, they're <laughs> doing your right. You. So we you. can let people know how to find you. Absolutely. So on Instagram, we are at restorativewellnesssolutions.com. Our website, restorativewellnesssolutions.com. You can connect with me personally at margaretfloydberry.com on uh, Instagram. And that's probably the best way to get started. You can find our full yeah. ecosystem of things. Lots of great articles on our website. and Yeah, all good stuff. And make yeah. sure you save this episode, especially if you're interested in starting a practitioner training. You got to learn from one of the best, right? <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Lauren Powers. I will see you next time. Oh, she is such a delight. Thank you so much, Margaret. And guys, I hope that you will please, 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 if there is somebody that you would like us to feature, another health business, another health entrepreneur who is out there moving and shaking and changing the world as much as you are, please let us know. Go ahead. Send us a message. Message us and chat to us. We want this community to 
continue to grow and to continue to have opportunities of learning where we can exchange information, exchange energy and power and help each other grow so we can help each other heal the world. All right, y'all, we'll catch you next time. This is Lauren Powers from the Health Business Growth Show. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.